spanning the Valley of the Sun and all across the 48th state. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Happy, happy, happy Wednesday. Hey, the sun is out. It is. Haven't seen that in two days. Jeez. That's what I'm talking about. I feel like we were living in Seattle for a while. My goodness gracious. Earlier today, uh, the team here. Uh, me and you, producer Pablo, and the wise man Steve Zinsmeister went down uh, to the homeless encampment in Phoenix. It was uh, it was tough to see, man. We're going to have a lot more of our observations, uh, what we learned uh, down there as we drove and walked, and um, it was it was tough. And it's one of the biggest issues we have facing downtown Phoenix, no question about it. Drugs, alcohol, uh, their mental illness. What we saw today was somebody doing meth. It is really a terrible thing. One of the questions that we had was, if you are homeless, how do you turn your life around? How do you get out of that spot? Well, somebody online is going to tell us how she did it. Uh, Joining us now is Pamela Williams. She is the founder of Journey Out of Homelessness. Uh, Pamela, thank you for joining us. From what we understand, at one point, you were homeless. It obviously had nothing to do with drugs or alcohol, but... How did how did you become homeless? And the moment you found out you didn't have a place to rest your head, what were you thinking? Oh, it was it was horrible. Um, I was in a car accident, and you know, out here, Arizona is not a social state. Uh, they care more about animals than they do people. My opinion. Hmm. Um, when I couldn't afford to pay my rent anymore, I was evicted. So. My church, thank God for having the church members uh, help me to stay in those extended stay places where you're throwing money down a rabbit hole. And the Lord deployed angels to take me and my family in, and we stayed in um, a couple of ladies' houses. And when I received my little settlement money for the accident, I got me a place to stay. And I started giving back. Hmm. And that's what I've been doing for five years. Pamela, how long was that journey from the time you knew that you were going to be out of your house to the time you got into your house? Uh, a year, a year and a half, maybe two. Wow. So so what was the scariest moment for you when you were homeless for that year and a half? The scariest moment for me was. Uh, living in those hotels and uh, having to put a chair under the doorknob with fear that someone could come right in the room on you and your family. Because the hotels, was it like a motel and people would stay there for a night or something like that and not in a great area? Is that why? Yes. Mm. Uh, Pamela is joining us. Pamela Williams. She's the founder of Journey of Homelessness. She's giving back. She started this nonprofit. She's giving back to those in need. Uh, Pamela, uh, Chad and I went down to the encampment in downtown Phoenix today. And, you know, it's one thing to kind of drive by it after you go to a Suns game or you're in downtown Phoenix for some dinner and you see it a couple blocks away. Uh, you know, Chad and I, we, we, we walked, we drove. Uh, we saw what's mm-hmm. happening down there. It's getting worse. Um, have you been down there? Um, and if so, how, how do the people down there, because there's a lot of, this is totally unlike your situation. Down there, that we saw people doing drugs. There were. It, how do you get them out of that situation? Is it even possible? Well, um, we're focusing uh, on the 
individuals who uh, had circumstances that happened in their lives uh, like I did mm. um, and want to be out of that situation. But because of the housing um, uh, help here in in uh, Arizona, it's not a lot of help because they want to break me and my family up. I have a disabled son and they want to put him away in a men's shelter and me somewhere else where I would have to get up in the morning at six o'clock, have something to eat and walk. You know, and I had a walker because both my hips had been replaced due to the accident. Right. So it's not conducive for anyone. Mm -hmm. I mean, right now we're helping women my age in their 60s, 60s and above who has been priced out of housing, uh, giving them shelter in one of the transitional homes. Um, you know, so it's I don't I, I don't know how to uh explain it but it's all geared around money you know yeah if you don't, don't have the finances then you 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 can't make it yeah absolutely talking to pamela williams founder of the journey out of homelessness talk through how somebody comes to you and then how you guys help them and take them from 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 point a to finally getting their own uh back on their own feet in, in you know in a home and everything well, right now we just started our transitional house. And as I said, we have the two older women that we're working with and we're teaching them financial literacy and helping them to um, take take their money and uh, teaching them about credit so that they can uh, get into a place of their own. Right now they're just sharing rooms so that they can get their finances together to be able to move on. But they do have a shelter over over their heads. Hmm. They get to eat and, you know, go to their doctor's appointments, come and go uh, freely. I'm going to come over and fix that uh, fire detector. Do you hear that going off, Pamela? I'm going to come over and fix that. You, after we get off the air, you give me your address. I've got a ladder. Don't I've let got him do this. it. He's all no. full of tools. Turned to me about 30 minutes ago and said, I tried to replace him at work. It's just leaking. When you come fix that, come fix the garage door, too. Oh, I am absolutely. Listen, I am terrific. No, I'm not good. I'll hire somebody. Uh, Pamela uh, Williams is joining us. She's the founder of Journey of the Homelessness. Hey, uh, before, we, before we get out of there. Journey out of homelessness. Journey out of and homelessness. We're, we're feeding 400 on Saturday down at the zone. Really? Uh, we're giving clothes. We have uh, a ton of clothes. That's why my garage door is not working for me because I've been going up and down, up and down. <laughs> so um, uh, we're, we're making 400 sandwiches on Friday and preparing to take all the clothes and jewelry and toiletries and whatever was donated to us down to the zone for those people. Hey, you said, uh, you said, uh, you know, your church helped you. Angels helped you. You're an angel. Look at you. You're going down there. You're going to help all these people. You kind of know what they're going through at least for a year and a half of your life. God bless you. You're doing just, just that's fantastic. Yes, we, we do this four times a year. Um, uh, Christmas, uh, normally Thanksgiving, July, and this is our second one this year so far. All right. Hey, uh, Pamela, we'll check in with you again, um, and thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. 
Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for having me. All right, I'll see you soon. I'm going to be over there to fix that thing. He is not. No, I can fix Don't let him anywhere near. I can fix that. Catch your house on fire. It's going to be awful, and then we're going to have to build your new house. All right. Thanks, Pamela. Uh, How about that? Being on the street for a year and a half because of an injury, right? A car accident. uh, And trying to figure out how do I get, how do I get myself off the street again and, 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 and get safe. And she did that. And now she's helping hundreds of people a but year. Think about this. And we've talked about it. Becky and I were talking about it earlier. Yeah. There is a difference between her situation where there wasn't drugs or mental illness involved. No doubt. The place we were down at the zone. They're mentally, those are, uh, they're street people. They're junkies. They're mentally ill. They are not, they're not like her. She, she was in a horrible position where she got into an accident. Yeah. And you know what? If you took one of these people home today and tried to help them, then it's going to happen. I, I think what we saw today are people that are going to be very difficult to help. Um, they want to buy the drugs. Uh, they, they don't w- want the rules. They want to live on the street. Again, there are some mental, uh, there, there's so much mental illness. I don't even know, Chad, and I, I don't mean to be rude here. I don't know if they even know where they are. It, well, what we saw with them talking to themselves, uh, th- this is a situation in downtown Phoenix. Uh, it's beyond anything I've ever seen. Yeah. yeah. Now, in Pamela's case, she went on hard times. There are a lot of people who are on hard I can give you, I'll, let me give you a stat. We have, uh, 13,000 Arizonans who are homeless living on the street. Nearly 3,000 of those are families with children. Now, I'm guessing that a lot of those situations, extremely different than what we saw in downtown What we saw Phoenix. today. What we saw today is a much different it's thing. Much when, different. We, when people talk about homeless, it's not, there's a different, these are street people. I got these it, are, I know. There's a much different scenario. We've got to paint the picture for that because there's a difference between. Doesn't mean we should just leave it alone. No, because it, figure this something is out. something where you should be mad at their government who is doing absolutely nothing and right. allowing people to essentially comfortably die on the streets because they don't want to deal with it. Yeah. And the government has to do something. All right. Coming up next, LGBTQ. The characters that they play on TV, they're disappearing. Why? We'll tell you coming up next, the Gatos and Chad Show. The Gatos and Chad Show. Afternoon. Hey, uh, thanks to our last guest, uh, Pamela Williams, founder of Journey Out of Homelessness. She was homeless for a year and a half. She was on the streets not because of drugs or alcohol or any of that stuff. She had a medical issue. She got in a car crash. Uh, and now she helps people get off the street. And I think it's important to separate who she's trying to help and what we yeah. saw in downtown Phoenix. She's trying to help women like her. They yeah. fell on hard times. Elderly people that have right. been priced out of the market. Right. They don't have a mental illness problem. They, do, they don't have a substance abuse problem. But or did you hear the problem. word she used? We focus on individuals who want help. That want help. Thing. That is huge. That is huge. There's so many people who are out there and they're homeless. And what do they want? They want help. They don't want to be on the street. Their kid is sleeping in a tent. They don't want that. Now, let's talk about for a second what we saw today in downtown Phoenix. It was horrific. And I got to tell you. There were, I mean, I don't think I've seen so many drugs or drug dealers. Uh, there were prostitutes. It's a mess down there. It, people going to the bathroom uh, on the side of the people road. cooking stuff and pouring yeah. water into pots. I, Chad, I feel bad for every single one of those people that we saw down there. But th- 
part of it is they also put themselves, a lot of them, in the situation that they're in. And they refuse help. Right. You and I have talked about this. We've talked about this with everybody around the station that's been down there. And, and as we've covered this stuff for several months, the reality is how many times have we talk to people that have run shelters? They all say the same thing. We give everybody the opportunity. But the one thing these people don't want to do is follow any rules. They don't want to be told what to do, when to do it, how to do it. And they don't want to be clean. And they don't want to follow any of the rules to stay in place. When we see them live like that, you and I are looking at that like, oh, my gosh, how do you live like that? I don't know. I think some of them I think some of them mentally are, are, are completely not there. Yeah. But then other people, I don't know, man, maybe that's how they do want to live, because I think if you went down there and a thousand people in the homeless encampment. I don't know the percentage, and I, I don't, I'm not going to guess. If you went down there and talked to every single person and asked, listen, I can help get you out of this place. Do you want help? I got to tell you, I think the percentage would be very low of people who said, please help me out. I, think I know be, there would be some. I think it would be zero. Do you want to know why? I don't think it's zero. I but. think it's zero because every one of them is sitting around a place that would give them help, and they refuse to do it. They want help if it's on their terms. Maybe. Or they don't want help, Chad. Which is most of it. Or they don't want help. So separating a couple of things. What we saw today with our own eyes when we went to downtown Phoenix in the homeless encampment. It's horrifying. Yeah. And humans should not live like that. But in talking to Pamela Williams, who was homeless for a period of time, but got back on her feet, she had an injury from a car crash. She didn't want to be on the street. What she is doing now is she's helping people, I think it's very important, who are focused on wanting to get help. There are a lot of people out there that are homeless that want help. And Pamela is one of those folks that, that is going to do that. In downtown Phoenix at the homeless encampment, I don't know how many people want help, Chad. Yeah. I don't. I, I, from what I saw today. And even if you got some people help, I think there's a vast majority of them. And you said this. They couldn't handle it. I don't know. I, I, I think some of them are so mentally gone, whether, again, they've had mental illness before, but the drugs have rotted out their brain. Right. That functioning as a normal human being on a day-to-day basis would be virtually impossible. It may, might very well be. And some of you might be saying, you guys are too harsh. Well, then you go down there and look, because that's what we did today. Yeah. Don't read a story about it. Don't listen to what we're saying. Go and look at it for with your own eyes, because what we saw was terribly sad. And what we saw is people far, far lost and gone. And who knows if if we could ever bring them back to reality or out of drugs. I have no idea. Now, I'm not ready to wash my hands of the situation either. I think we need to do something. And I think the something is we've got to start banging on all of these politicians that this is going to get far worse. And it's going to start to spread, which it is. And it's going to be in every town near you. I live in Casa Grande. We have an amazing little park in the center of town that they put up all this new jungle gyms and stuff for kids. It has been overrun with with, you know, the street people and the drug addicts. Now, nobody uses it. but them. It's terrible. It's terrible. And if we're not careful, this is going to take over. Yeah. And you're going to see it more than you want. No one wants to see it. You're going to see it all over the place. All right. We'll come back to it. Uh, Up next is holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn's going to read the news. We're going to interrupt next. Arizona's news station. News station. 
KTAR on air, 92.3 FM, online at KTAR.com and streaming live on the KTAR News app. Your breaking news and traffic now. It's 3.30 and you know what that means. It's time for us to hold up the headlines. Let's get some headlines from Becky Lynn. KTAR News. Eyes on education. At this point, it's just a ridiculous distraction. That's how a public school's advocate describes the Department of Education's new Empower Hotline. It's set up for parents to report lessons they don't agree with. Beth Lewis with Save Our Schools Arizona tells the Mike Broomhead Show. The way it's being promoted is clearly a way for people to attack, and it's just, it's not working out that way. She points out parents are calling the hotline to praise teachers. She also sees it as a waste of taxpayer dollars since parents already have a way to report concerns to school districts. At the same time, I mean, it is a distraction when there are real issues. She'd like to see a bigger focus on our state's teacher shortage and more resources for students. Grisel, the Satino KTAR News. Holding up the headlines. Becky Lynn reads the news while Gatos and Chad interrupt and react to the day's top stories. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think the hotline is silly. I think a lot of people are misusing it. Gatos and Chad. Uh, I think that, uh, yeah, some Keep people. Have... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Gatos. No, I know. We're done. No, I, I, I agree there on that. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that uh, uh, it's a waste of time. It'll probably go away. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is a big idea from Tom Horn that he stole from, what, Virginia. Uh, I would tell the superintendent, why don't you worry about school safety, uh, getting some officers in there? Why don't you worry about uh, getting some counselors in there. Uh, why don't you worry about trying to get teachers paid and not a silly, stupid And why don't run. you worry about why are there so many kids who are taking uh, mental health days and yeah. chronic absenteeism is through the roof. Yeah. There's a lot of things to worry about. You're not going to tackle it all. You're not going to get it all done. But, How about uh, one thing? Yeah, I think the, uh, the school <laughs> resource officers is a good idea, but yeah. again, you can't do counselors. It's it's There's never enough money. Have and you noticed that? From what I understand, for the next three hours, if you'd like to call 602-771-3500, Tom Horn is answering the phone. I think that's a lie. We're holding up the headlines. Well, still on education, the head of Arizona Public Schools believes past administrations made it too easy for parents to abuse empowerment scholarship accounts. Superintendent of Public Instruction Tom Horn oh, tells God. the Mike Broomhead Show... Oh, he wants to tighten up the program and restrict what parents can use state dollars for. The rest of the country is looking to us, and, and within Arizona, we want the program to operate properly and not approve non-educational expenses or abuses. And he says the past school's chief undermined the program, and he blames Kathy Hoffman for setting the ESA program up for failure. In response, a former member of the Hoffman administration says thousands of students with special needs rely on the program, and that Horn should focus on support. Supporting them, quote, rather than looking to blame his predecessor for his mismanagement, end Here, quote. Here's my thing. It's like the Hoffmans, they didn't like it. Let's be real. She was not a fan, a fan of, uh, of the voucher program, a lot of that stuff. And you know what? There are abuses when you hand out money like this, left, right, and center. We know that. Uh, so I got zero problems with monitoring a little better to make sure that you're getting the things you need to set your child up for success. We're holding up the headlines. We do it every day at 3.30. Becky Lynn reads the news. We'll give you our opinion after she reads the news. Here we go. Read the news. All right. K-T-A-R. I saw an immigration. Wow. Talking about, talk about an order. No, it wasn't an order. No Sounded order. Sounded like it. No, no, no. Like an order to me. Not an like order. It. Please yeah. read the news. Please.
please. That's yes. Now I that like when you read the news. No order. The country's top border official calling oh. on Congress to fix what he calls the nation's broken immigration system as the end of Title 42 nears. During a visit to Arizona's southern border yesterday, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas mm. says the department is using public comment to improve the asylum process. The model is to build safe, legal, and orderly pathways and to deliver a consequence for those who do not avail themselves of the pathway. He adds that DHS has also created a six-point plan to prepare for a potential surge of migrants, such as adding personnel and resources. Yeah, uh, he's awful at his gig, and you can blame it on other people. You haven't done your gig very well. It's and, terrible. And uh, you built an app that's horrible, So, and, and it apparently is racist. We were called racist earlier because they built a horrible app. I don't know how that works. Well, the app isn't capturing... Uh, folks, uh, uh, people picture. of color, uh, yeah, because they're they're of they have color, color. Yeah. They're brown, they're black, black. people. Yeah. Yes, yeah, it works for white people. The app, and but it doesn't work for people of color. And I'm thinking there are a lot of people of color that are trying to get into the United States yes. from where South America, Mexico, Haiti. you name Haiti. Yeah, yeah. Uh, by the way, speaking of the border, Hobbs has been to the border three times. Nice. It's not. I, I'm not saying she's done anything yet. But you know what? I didn't think she'd she be on her way to Rocky Point. I, maybe. I don't think she. I, I mean, that's a lot. That's a lot for her to be at the, at the border. So I think that's a good start. Yeah. Someone who is at least, you know, looking at it uh, and trying to figure out what to do. So she hasn't ignored it quite yet, but hasn't been able to do much quite yet. But I thought three times so far, it's only been a three. What, she's going there once a month. And it's not for vacation. We're holding up the headlines. Phoenix police have arrested the woman they believe killed a seven-month-old unborn baby and hospitalized the mother in a hit-and-run over the weekend near 9th Street and Grover. 39-year-old Leslie Yeager allegedly drove off from the scene and is now facing felony charges, including manslaughter and driving under the influence. Uh, We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's an unborn child. You were drunk. Uh, she threatened to kill the officer, I think. She said to slap him in the face. Uh, so she got in an accident, and the passenger in her car was pregnant. I think it was in another car. Oh, and it was in, in another, another car? car? And that person's in serious condition. The baby has, has died. And uh, you know what? You're being charged with this uh, because apparently that woman wanted the baby. Yeah. I don't know why people drive drunk. I don't get it. I absolutely don't get it. You can kill yourself. You can kill somebody else. You can kill a baby that hasn't even been born yet. And guess what? You go to jail. And you ruin your life. She probably deserves to go to jail. Yep. All right. That's holding up the headlines. Uh, Becky Lynn graciously reads the news for us. Well, you ordered her to I in didn't a very order. violent way. No order. There was yeah, some I'm not violent. sure I had a, chan- a choice no. there. Was that no? violent? That, that was, was that felt violent. violent. Yeah, I, I think, think it was that. I think you should go to HR. A little demanding. Listen, I'd, Stand happy, the line I'd be happy to go and apologize. Too late. Becky Lynn, thank goodness for her. She's fantastic. Nice try. You get married. Yeah. Getting a little- <laughs> she reads the news. We interrupt, and apparently a root. <laughs> At least one half of the show. Uh, it's all brought to you by Carol uh, com. Carol Royce, your home sold guaranteed realty. All right. Uh, Chad and I went down to the homeless encampment in downtown Phoenix. It really was eye-opening. It was horrifying what we saw. Uh, we'll share some more details of what we what we witnessed with our own, you know, four eyes, I guess. Yeah. Next. This is the Gatos and Chad Show. Yeah, you're darn right it is. We're here till 6. Every day, contractually obligated. Uh, I like to watch TV. It's a way that I turn my brain off, you know. So there's some shows that I watch, and uh, they have some LGBTQ characters. Um, It seems... 
that some of those characters might be going away. So there's a new report says nearly 30 percent of LGBTQ TV characters could likely disappear. Uh, I'm one of those guys where I don't care if you're gay. I don't care if you're trans. I don't care. It's fine. I don't care if you're straight. Doesn't matter to me. Uh, If I meet you in person, I'm going to treat you all very, very well. Horribly. I'm going to treat you all horribly. But if I'm watching a television show. Okay, and there are LGBTQ, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, people in it or characters, if you will. Right. It doesn't ruin the TV show for me if it's necessary. I just want to know, like, uh, can I tell you one one interesting TV show I watch? Remember Roseanne? Yes. No, now they've done a spinoff, The Connors. So it's got John Goodman. It doesn't have Roseanne. but It's got John Goodman and the two girls, you know, that he raised. Now they're adults raising their kids. So. One of the girls, I think Darlene, she's got a son who's probably 15 or 16, and he's gay. I thought it was interesting to see John Goodman, who plays Dan, right? How does he feel at that age uh, having a gay grandson? I think it made the TV show pretty interesting. Is the show about it every, is the show about that particular part every episode? Of course not. No. So... I don't mind it. It seems like it works. Modern but, family. Modern perfect family. example. It wasn't about them being gay. They just happened to be gay. Yeah. They were entertaining as well. It wasn't like it, a lot of a lot of the TV shows try and shoehorn uh, in a. I don't know how to say it. So, uh, an LGBT character, character yeah. and they put him in positions that aren't this. It's, they they check a box. Yeah, that's it. And That's it's, it. it's frustrating. I'll, I'll say this. My yeah. uncle and I have done some stuff for a very large corporation. I won't say ha is kind of the nickname that we give them. Oh, hey there. Uh, when we did a bunch of stuff for them, every time we'd send stuff off to them, Disney? they'd send stuff back with uh, gay characters. Okay. And, gay, and they said, we don't do uh, regular families anymore kind of thing really yeah like that's they're they're not that's not their thing okay they need to be as diverse as possible because and we're like okay well you know i mean and then my uncle who by the way is a giant latino fellow mexican fellow you would go he then obviously sends back the whitest straightest people because he thinks it's just insane but the whole thought is is that's where they're going with this anymore right like like it's activists stranger things on netflix i guess one of the four boys uh, has been insinuated that he's gay. I don't think that helps the storyline. I don't really didn't. I didn't see the need for it. But I'll give you another show. I watched the show called Quantum Leap. Remember the one that was in the nineties? Oh yeah. Well, they redid Scott it. Scott Bakula. Yeah. And Hollywood doesn't have any new ideas. Zero new ideas. They. So if you look at their cast, they've got a white woman, an Asian man, a black woman, and they've got. Um, I would say someone who's non-gender, non-binary. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a man for sure, kind of dresses between a woman and a man, uh, and is an interesting character. I think it's fine. Yeah. But I also, it's so obvious they're checking the box. Checking the box. But yeah. I think they've done a good job with the character who's very likable, uh, is interesting. Billions has done that too. Who? Billions. They've got a, an androgynous character that right. is non-binary that also starred in the last John Wick movie. But it's also somebody who is like brilliant and it works for that character. Mm-hmm. And they're not checking a box. They just think it works for the character. It's interesting. The character themselves is more interesting because of how they play the character yeah. than them being non-binary. Yeah. Do it for the right reasons. Yeah. Because it fits. 
Um, and I don't think anybody's really, listen, you watch the show, it's got to be entertaining. You got to make the characters likable, whether they're gay or they're straight or they're lesbian. You got to make them likable because that's what makes good TV. Yeah. You know where you're not going to see that? China. Because China. China does not allow that stuff. So our good buddy G, he is he has since left his, his, his lava, the other dick. Tater uh, in, in, in the world, uh, the pooter that we know about. Uh, interesting thing. Mm. China wants to be what we are. And here's the thing. If we don't monitor the world and play the role as the leader in the world, for those of you who don't know, freedom is hard. And more people are under dictators and authorocrats and all of these other things than, than are part of freedom. And China wants to make sure that everybody ends up like China. That is their goal in life. That is what they're trying to do. That is what they're pushing. And it's become more evident that the role they're playing, they were trying to get peace done with Zelensky. I think they thought they would. They ran into somebody who wants no part of it. But over the weekend, nothing was talked about the fact that they got Iran and Saudi Arabia to hated vile enemies to start resuming normal diplomacy again. That is huge. Mm. That's a win for them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Ian Bremmer said, who's probably the best in geopolitical stuff, said the last two weeks has arguably been the two worst weeks in foreign uh, affairs for the United States in maybe three decades. I don't like that China has found someone to do its dirty work in Russia. Yeah. Russia doesn't hold a candle to China or America in terms of, they have nukes, but in, ter- in, in terms of, you know, world, you know, countries leading the world, Russia's not doing that anymore. No, no. And no. now you see Russia needs China, but China needs Russia. And China's like, you guys go do our dirty work. We've got all the money. You're going to be the grunts. You're going to go and do our grunt work. That's it. They say they're equals. They're not equals. And he's going to use Putin for as long as he can. He's either going to be an oar or he's going to be an anchor. And he'll decide what that is. All right. We drove uh, downtown to the homeless encampment in downtown Phoenix. We'll tell you what we saw next.